Welcome to C3 Church Tabla. You're about to hear a message from our senior pastor, Bill Oldfield. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. a holy life. And I want to talk about that. So um, this message is really about uh, the keys to success or keys to the bra- a breakthrough. It's a strong message. I'll try and make it as painless as I can. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of patsy uh, sermons happening uh, at the moment. And we're talking about how to better your life. And, you know, maybe you should be drinking green smoothies in the morning for Jesus. And and uh, put a bumper sticker on the car that might help too and buy a new Bible buy a new Bible that might help and put something on Facebook or Instagram that says at least you believe in God but no it's so much more than that it's so much more there is black there is white there is compromise there is obedience to God obedience is not optional obedience is not optional obedience is our duty as born-again believers to live an exemplary life for him in Jesus' name. So, Father, I just pray by the word of God that you, Holy Spirit, would convict the people, not me, that you would convict the people and you would stir them up because this is a life-changing message. And in Jesus' name, we declare tonight is your night, Lord. It's a night of truth, the secret to a breakthrough. This is what this message is called. And Jesus, we ask that your Holy Spirit would convey it just as you wanted in Jesus' name. And the saints say, the saints say, amen. Awesome. God bless you. Lisa, you're all right. You can take a seat. God bless you. It's a life-changing message, and we will go to the Bible, and we'll just take out a couple of people. One of them is Saul and, and, and David, King David. Saul, the first king of Israel, Let's have a look at his uh, story, but his saga, and let's try and learn some lessons from that, but let's look at David and see how he got a uh, breakthrough and how he lived an exemplary life. In the end, he did give glory to God. He did slip up, but you know what? There is forgiveness in Christ. So listen, for everyone in the house who has slipped up and who has, you know, traversed into that area of compromise... You know, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And in an instant, in a heartbeat, in a nanosecond, you can be forgiven, amen? And you can be forgiven just by going to Him yourself and praying. And boom, you come up roses again every day. You know, you can come up roses. His mercies, His grace, His forgiveness is new in the morning. Just, just as you take a shower in the morning, take a shower in Jesus and get washed and cleansed. And just, you know, look at yourself in the mirror and just... You know, just say, "Hey, you know, um, you know, I'm I'm right with God. I'm right. I'm I'm right and righteous in God. It's not about your good works. It's about understanding the sacrifice of the cross and Christ, what He did on the cross. So, uh, let's understand that. Well, the first scripture it goes like this: One Samuel fifteen twenty two. Uh, I'm just going to make this as painless as I can. So I'll just more or less motor through it. And I'll let you read between the lines. Um, (laughs) 
1 Samuel 15, 22, because it's pretty brutal. Obedience is not optional. Obedience is the duty of every child of God. It is not an option, but it's an obligation. And I really believe that. So 1 Samuel 15, 22 says, But Samuel replied, Does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as much as in obeying the Lord? Now here it is. To obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed is better than the fat of rams. So you can do, you could give a million dollars to God. You can, man, you could put the biggest Christian concert on. You could sacrifice all this stuff. But obedience, if God says to witness to that beautiful person in your sphere of influence, do it. Because that could be and would be, and, and, and the Bible's suggesting that that is what God wants. And we have this propensity to want to please God by doing great stuff for God. But you know what? It could be just in the minute things that God is so pleased with that we do to the nth degree. Not half, not half, but all. We just do it exactly what He wants us to do. There is many uh, choices in everyday life. And there's small choices, lots of small choices, mundane things. But there's huge choices that are life-changing, amen? Life-changing for some people. One choice. There's many options. You can buy this, you can buy that, you can buy all sorts of different things. You can, uh, you can take the option to not eat food for three months. Uh, uh, but hello, you, you know, it's going to end up in not a great place. Um, I believe there are lots of options in life, but in God, in God, there's no option in terms of obedience. Our obedience to God should not be, not be an option. Unless you just don't care about the will of God, you don't care about being blessed, and you don't care about the presence of God. Well, you've got lots of options. You've got lots of, lots of options. Just do what you want. If you don't want God smiling on you, you don't want the favor of God, doors supernaturally opening for you in life, jobs, better jobs, health, wealth, smile on your dial, favor of God, sun shining on you from our God, our, our Lord Jesus. If you just want to just... Just live a life that's just doing your best, trying to, you know, feel God when you can. You, you take all these different options. But obedience leads you to the blessings. Obedience leads you to being favored by God. Amen? Obedience leads you to understanding the will of God and it leads you this is what I love and this whole church works on the premise of this that when you and, and it's worldwide this church this type of church the spirit fill the empowering presence type of church that we're talking about which is right now I feel the presence of God in this place in the house of God it's pregnant with God and has been more so in the last four months there's a sense of a revival we're being revived and probably this message comes from that position that when you come into this church you feel God that you because you're living right you're living obediently in God you can feel God 
And as you come into this place and lift holy hands to the Lord, you feel Him. And that is worth coming to church a million times over. If you're compromised, you're just, you're just struggling a little bit now. And you're not getting the full deal. Maybe you, you struggle to pray, struggle to appreciate the Word of God, struggle to get the blessing that God has for you right now. Because you're just seemingly just not in that right place. That's not good news. So we need to consider um, maybe Saul. And uh, let's have a look at Saul and see his downfall. And he did make some wrong decisions and there was an attitude uh, behind it. There was rebellion and it caused his downfall in the end. So let's look at this and... um, Let's look at this. 1 Samuel 15, 1 says this. Samuel said to Saul, and Saul is going to be anointed. We're talking about the anointing. And and Samuel prophet says to Saul, I am the one the Lord sent to anoint you king over his people Israel. So listen now to the message from the Lord. Listen to the Lord. The same thing can be said about us as children of God. it's not by our merit that we're here saved in God. It's by His. It's by Jesus. Is that right? We're God's children by the fact of through the salvation of Jesus. And and this this is exactly what Samuel is saying. He's saying, Saul, it's not because of you. It's because you've been chosen by God and you're anointed by God. And because of that, you need to listen up. Paul says it like this in Ephesians 2.8, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not by works so that no one can boast. And he says it again, 1 Corinthians 6.19. He says it a bit different. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? Say in you. Whom you have received from God. You are not your own, 1 Corinthians 6.20. You were bought at a price. Therefore, here it is, here's the bombshell. Therefore, honor God with your body. Paul is stating there that we are obliged, we are obligated to honor God with our life. We are actually obligated to honor God with our very life through the reason of what Jesus did on the cross, that his blood purchased us. And if we're purchased by that sacrificial uh, price on the cross, and if we look at that starkly, really look at it, you know you are special. This guy says, uh, Peter, somebody says in a quote, the first duty of every soul is to find not its freedom, but its master. And this is basically what uh, Samuel is saying here. Saul, it was God who made you king over Israel. Because of that fact, you are obliged to obey the Lord. And so it's specific and it's clear. And he shares with Saul what to do. 1 Samuel 15, 2-3 says... This is what the Lord Almighty says. I will punish the Amalekites for what they did to Israel. 
So he's asking him to do something. Saul, I want you to clear something up for me. Because these Amalekite guys, they actually, you know, they attack my people uh, when some of them were lagging behind. These Amalekites actually attacked some and took some of my good people out. Look, I know the future of that tribe. I know the future of... So when I say people in the Old Testament, let's talk about it in the New Testament by saying some sin, some stronghold, something that is prevailing in our present life that needs to be eradicated and eradicated totally. All right? And God is saying right now, we need to deal with some stuff that you need to deal with totally. Now, I'll let you think of some of the sin that's running rampant in the world at the moment. And I believe God is saying, deal with that, Christian. Deal with that, my child. Because if you don't deal with it totally, it's going to bite you. It's going to come after you. Okay? There's many issues happening on the planet right now where... Anyway, I'll get to that. Hmm. Yeah. So it says here, I will punish the Amalekites for what they did to Israel when they waylaid them as they came up from Egypt. Now go attack the Amalekites and totally destroy all that belongs to them. Do not spare them. Put to death men and women, children and infants, cattle and sheep and camels and donkeys. Now, again, understand this, that we we, we don't do that now in the New Testament. It's all about these sins, these sins that have got to be dealt with in Jesus' name. Amen? And there's two reasons why he said that. One of them, he knew, as I said, that the Amalekites would seek to cause God's people, in the future of God's people, the Amalekites would cause them grief. And God's saying, deal with those people. It's, they're just going to be a bother. And this is how strict God was then. Just, just deal with them. Wow. okay. And the second thing, he's going to repay for the sin of these people. Deuteronomy 7 uh, 9, to 9 and 10 says, Now, therefore, know therefore that the Lord your God is, is God. He is a faithful God, keeping his covenant of love to a thousand generations of those who love him and keep his commandments. But those who hate him, he will repay to their face by destruction. He will not be slow to repay to their face those who hate him. Again, God is pretty black and white. This is why we're living in such a great age of grace. But still, he's very matter-of-fact about sin. And sin needed to be dealt with through Jesus, amen? So let's not get off light. Let's say, oh, thank goodness he doesn't do that anymore. That when I sin, he really comes down hard. And, and He doesn't, but we've got to be obliged to be a bit serious about sin, amen? Numbers 32, 23 says, be sure your sin... Be sure your sin will find you out. Be sure your sin will find you out. It's a funny misconception in society that God doesn't find out about our, our sin. But he knows every single thing we get up to. It's, it's a crazy thing that, that we can believe that we could dodge and weave out of God's sight and, and get away with some stuff. Ecclesiastes 8.11 says... When the sentence for a crime is not quickly carried out, people's hearts are filled with schemes to do wrong. This is why God was dealing with things. So deal with that. Deal with that race. Deal with that sin. Deal with that. Because he knew if it started to run rampant, it would get in amongst God's people. It would get in into the human race and it would cause drama. So that's why he's hard in fact. 
hard and fast about that. So why isn't he not hard and fast now? But he is. But it's up to us to oblige God in dealing with stuff that we pick up in our spirit through our God consciousness. And we go, you know what, that ain't right. And that's where your freedom lies. You got the freedom to choose to ignore the sin and ignore your guilty conscience and say, you know what, let's just let that ride. This is what happened to Saul when he tried to do this. Let's keep checking this out. Saul did obey God to a point. He was given instruction to take out the Amalekites, but it was only partial obedience. 1 Samuel 15, 4-9 says... We continue, and so Saul summoned the men and mustered them at Telahim, 200,000 foot soldiers and 10,000 men from Judah. Saul went to the city of Amalek and set an ambush in the ravine. Then he said to the Kenites, this is another tribe actually that was hanging with the Amalekites. And uh, ordinarily, if there was another tribe hanging with the, the guys that were in <laughs> not good stead with God, they were taken out too. So Saul, he's got a little bit of, He's got a bit of a heart, but it's not going to work out for him. So he says, uh, Kenites, you go, you go, go away. Leave the Amalekites so that I can destroy them alone. For you showed kindness to all the Israelites when they came up out of Egypt. So the Kenites moved away from the Amalekites. Then Saul attacked the Amalekites all the way from Hevla to Shur to the east of Egypt. Amen. So he's doing okay, to a point he's doing okay, he's taken out the Amalekites but um, he's let those other guys go and that wasn't part of the deal, the custom was to take those other guys out, the Kenites, they should have been taken out as well. So already he's starting to compromise the word of God. Let's check out how it continues. 1 Samuel 15, 8 says, he took Agag, king of the Amalekites, alive, that's the king who should have been killed. And all his people he totally destroyed with the sword. But Saul and the army spared Agag and the best of the sheep. Oh no, here we go. Oh, here we go. And then he kept all the best sheep because who knows, it's really hard to destroy good stuff. You, you know what I mean? Like, you know when your parents say, throw that out. Oh, do I really have to throw that out? That, gee whiz, I just bought that. Throw it out. It's, it's garbage, you know. Throw that video out. That DVD, I should say. Throw that magazine out. Throw that, 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 that whatever out. Oh, do I really have to? I'll give it away to someone. But Saul and the army spared Agag and the best of the sheep and the cattle, the fat calves and lambs and everything. That was good. See, it's for good reason. A lot of our decision making and our compromise is for good reason. This is for good. These were unwilling to destroy completely. These, they were unwilling to destroy completely. But everything that was despised and weak, they totally destroyed. I said, all the rubbishy stuff, they can, we'll take that out. So Saul, obviously, is obeying God's command to the point where it makes sense to him. This makes sense to me, but that doesn't. Don't we make decisions like that? Well, yeah, I'll do this, I'll do that. But you know what? Give them my tithe or, or maybe... You know, they're saying, I shouldn't be doing this. But you know what? I think we can do that. I don't think there's any problem with that. But no, the Bible says, we, but you know what? I think God's more compassionate than that. I think he would want me and allow me the, 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 you, know, the, the, you know, the opportunity, the, the privilege. The... 
we, 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 there's issues right now that we say, well, what about these people? We should, you know, but God's word says. And we have these good intentions in our heart. We have this reasonable reason that says, well, hang on, maybe you did make a mistake, God. We honestly do this, don't we? Maybe, maybe, God, look, let me help you here. I think you've made a mistake. So Saul figured it was unreasonable to destroy the fine livestock. He probably thought that it was just an oversight on God's part. But to obey is better than sacrifice. So he spared the king, spared all the... the, um, all the, the calves and the lambs and the cattle and the sheep. And he said, no, we can use those. We'll do a great big offering to God through those. We'll keep all that and give him the best. And um, But it wasn't to be. I think, I think what happened to Saul... That um, I think what can happen to any of us that out of good intentions, out of a reasonable uh, intent of our heart, we say, God, yeah, you want me to do this, but actually, look, maybe we can do it like this. Maybe I can honor you like that. Maybe we can do it like this. But God says, I want you to do it like that. Obedience is better than sacrifice. So Saul, uh, the story goes on and um, the prophet says, Saul, you've blown it. What have you done? I can hear the bleeding of sheep. I can hear that you haven't killed. And you've got the king. What are you doing with the king? What are you doing with him? No, but God will be so, this will be such a blessing to all the people to hold this king up and, and, uh, and, and all, this good, all this good cattle, and we can use that. No, Saul, you blew it. Partial obedience. Partial obedience is disobedience. Are you getting me on this? There's actually a lot of this happening. And I believe God wants us to walk the fine line and be obedient to him. And this is where the church is going to be more empowered and more serviceable to him. Let's have a look at a story of, I guess, um, a better story, and it is the secret of breakthrough that will finish us up. And it's in 1 Chronicles 14.8. 1 Chronicles 14.8. Thank you, Lord. This is, so basically Saul lost his anointing, he lost his kingship, he found himself on the outer, disgruntled, angry, tossing spears around, he was, he, get, he got narky, disqualified himself, he became yesterday's hero, unfortunately. But this is David, and David teaches us, he teaches us how to honor God, and I love this because he teaches how to not only honor God by the word, but by the spirit. So let's have a look at 1 Chronicles 14, 8 to 12. 
Yes, when the Philistines heard that David, so David's been anointed, he's king. Uh, when the Philistines heard that David had been anointed king over all Israel, they went up in full force to search for him, but David heard about it and went out to meet them. Now the Philistines had come and raided the valley of Rephim. So David inquired of God. He's a prayer. This guy's a prayer. He loves to pray. He's got a prayer tent. He goes in. He inquires of God, what should we do? God, what should we do? Everyone's biting at the bit to try and do something about this situation. David's praying. He's a mighty warrior, by the way. He is someone who can just, you look at him on paper and he could, man, he looks great. He could easily just go at, like, go at it and, and do something. But he's a man after God's own heart. We know that. And he prays and he says, and verse 10 says, so David inquired of God. And he says, shall, shall I go and attack the Philistines? Will you, hand, will you hand them over to me? The Lord answered him, go, I will hand them over to you. Isn't it great how he's seeking God, he's, he's inquiring of God, he's got the battle plan, he's got the strategy. Verse 11, so David and his men went up to Baal Perizim and where he defeated them, praise God, victory. He's prayed He's prayed and he's got victory. And he said, as waters break out, God has broken out against my enemies by my hand. So that place was called Baal Perizim. The Philistines had abandoned their gods there and David gave orders to burn them in the fire. It's a good day. David prayed and he obeyed. Say pray. And he obeyed. This is the key for a breakthrough. David not only honors the instruction that is given to him by God, but he just absolutely carries it out to a T. Pray and obey is the secret to a breakthrough. But then these young soldiers come scurrying up to David and say, David, they're at it again. The Philistines are at it again. Let's go get them. Come on. Let's round up the posse and let's do this. And David says, hang, hang on, you young hotshots. Uh, we we got to... We got to pray. David, what are you talking about? They're right there, right now. Let's do this. So the impetuousness of these young guys have had a battle. They've got their strategy. They knew how it worked last time. But David says, now, hang on. Hang on. We did do well last time. Yes, we obeyed God. We prayed and we obeyed. But you know what? We need to do that again. So David goes back into his prayer tent. He goes back and inquires of, of the Lord again. I love this. Once more, the Philistines raided the valley. Once more. So David, what does he do? Inquired of God again. And God answered him. It's all about having intimacy with God and hearing him for that explicit instruction for your life. You getting this? And he comes out. And he says this. To the young guys. The old guys are just sitting there. They know what happens. David goes in, he prays, we wait. The young guys are hanging around going, What's he done? Is he really? Let's come on, let's do this. We'll do this easy, man. David, he's wasting time. The old guys just sit there, man. Just, just wait. Just wait. David goes in, David comes out, he's got the plan. Amen. It's a good plan. It's a great plan. It's a God plan. Just wait. 
So David inquired of God again, and God answered him, do not go straight up. Oh, lucky he inquired. Do not go straight up, but circle around them and attack them in front of the balsam trees. The trees, go down to these balsam trees. And at 15, as soon as you hear the sound of marching, as soon as you hear the sound of people in the tops of the balsam trees, move out to battle because that will mean God has gone out in front of you to strike the Philistine army. And when he said this to the young guys, we're going we're gonna to go down to these balsam trees, we're going to wait until we hear people in the trees, in the treetops. What? You're kidding. David, come on. You can't be serious. And David says, you're going to argue about it? And the old guys, they know David. Pray and obey. Listen to David. Listen to this man who has a heart after God. Listen to your leaders. Listen to Jesus. Listen to the Holy Spirit. Church, listen and hear God. Because you can make a mess of it. Compromise, running rampant. I'll do it my way, like Saul. We're being taught by the Word of God that, you know, partial obedience is disobedience. That David inquires of the Lord, he prays, he obeys, and success. We want success, church. We want success. You can't say, oh, but God, you've got to understand, you know, I know your word says this, but surely it'll be all right for us. Surely this will be all right if we do this. That's delusion. And if someone is saying that to you, you are being deluded. Yeah, I know God says that, but you know what? We can do this. This is all right. This ain't a big deal. We're still saved. We're still going to heaven. No, friend, you will lose your blessing. You will lose your closeness to God. You will lose the will of God for your life. I'm telling you. Saul's taught us that. And all for the group, okay, God, yeah, we'll come to church. We'll do this, we'll do that. But you know what, all this stuff, you know, certainly, you know, come on. You can't mean that. You can't mean this. You can't mean that. God says, I exactly mean that. Trust me. Church, this is where the breakthrough comes. David prayed and he obeyed. He heard what God said and he enacted that. And that's how we're to live our life. So what happened? So David did as God commanded him and they struck down the Philistine army all the way from Gibeon to Giza. So David's fame spread throughout all the land. And you know what? That could be our story. And, and the fame of C3 Tugra and the, and the Jesus they serve and the God that they love spread throughout the central coast. And the Lord made all the peoples fear God because of their great, their great obedience to God. It sounds crazy honoring God sometimes and being obedient to God. But it's not by power. It's not by might. It's by the Spirit of the Lord. It's time to honor God. It's time to be obedient. Pray and be obedient to God. This is your breakthrough for success. This is your breakthrough. Pray and obey. 
honestly, if you're going to do something that you think is going to trespass into the forbidden zone. So you're talking about going into the forbidden zone. Yeah, I reckon we could do. We could just go in there and just hide in the shadows. And... No one will know. Pastor Phil, he won't know. He's not with us all the time. Devil knows you're in there. God knows you're in there. Get yourself out of that forbidden zone, friend. And honestly pray and say, God, because you purchased me with your blood and because I have you inside of me, is that what you want me to do? Is that where you want me to live? Is this honoring to you? Is this respectful to you? And be really honest with God and pray that prayer. And pray it with someone else. Get that other person that might be your fellow traveler into the forbidden zone. Get them together and say, let's pray about this. See what God says. I'll tell you what. Once you begin to pray, the delusion will lift. God's spirit of truth will come. God's spirit will come around you. Guys, are you serious? You're really, you're really going to go in there into the forbidden zone. Because if you do, you will lose that beautiful presence of God and the blessing and the will of God for your life. Are you really wanting to do that? Is it worth it, my friends? Is it really worth it? And let the Holy Spirit just grab both of you like that and whisper into your eyes and look sincerely into your eyes. Because I know when you do that, the devil's plans are done. What were we thinking? That was crazy. Turn and go back. Go back to the Lord. Like David and inquire of the Lord and pray. Oh God, Lord, I got a battle on my hands. Someone is enticing me. Someone is uh, tempting me. Something is, Lord, I just pray. Lord, Lord, I, I just, is it your will? What is your will? Pray and obey. Father in heaven, let's just all stand. God bless you, precious people. Oh, God is consecrating a people in these days to live right for him. All for the right reasons. Samuel, we kept all this good stuff because, you know, God wouldn't want to burn all that up. And the king, we kept him because we can show him off and see, you know, we can give glory to God through him. And Saul is just digging a bigger hole. Samuel says, Saul, you were told to kill all the Amalekites, to kill all that sin. You were told to deal with it explicitly, finally, entirely, everything, deal with it. <laughs> so, Father in heaven, 
I just pray the Holy Spirit would help us to pray and obey for our breakthrough. Some are stuck. Lord, put this on my heart to preach tonight because I believe that some people got themselves stuck in a place. And Lord, you're just so quick to forgive. 1 John 1, 9, you're quick to forgive. So Father, right now, let's all just begin to pray. Father, forgive me that I've, that I've ration, rationed, rationalized away what your word says by allowing it to be compromised. I've, I've rationalized your word away by saying, certainly God wouldn't mean that. That's too harsh. That's too strict. Certainly he wouldn't mean that. That's judgment. God is a judge. Dear Lord God, I just pray and thank you, Lord God, that we can be forgiven in a heartbeat, that we can be forgiven right now. So Father, right now, I'm just praying you would forgive us. This is the, this is the amazing, powerful and wonderful gift of the gospel, that we can be saved in a heartbeat. So Father, right now, let's just lift up holy hands. We're nearly done. And we're just praying and thanking God that, Lord, through your blood, through your sacrifice, that we can be forgiven. I pray that, dear God, sins are being forgiven right now, that you are washing us and cleansing us and purifying us from every ungodliness, from every defiling thing, Lord God. Every lie of the enemy is being repelled and extinguished off our lives. We hold up the shield of faith, Lord. And Lord, the fiery darts that are coming in, we extinguish those fiery darts. We hold up our faith. We hold up our countenance. We hold up our faith, the shield of faith, and declare that those lies, those fiery darts that are hitting, hitting on people, Lord, they're being extinguished right now. And Lord, your people are being purified and washed and cleansed. There's no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. He loves you entirely, dearly. He loves you so much that He'll just keep forgiving you, keep forgiving you, and keep forgiving you. But it's a lie of the enemy that says you can compromise and God is okay with that. God is not okay with it. If you lived in the Old Testament, whoo, wow. Thank God we're living in Graceland. Thank, thank God we're living in the land of grace. But don't use your freedom as a license to sin. Don't do that. Find out who Jesus is and who's your master. Before you go to ex experimenting with your Christian life all over the joint, seeing how far you can take it without losing salvation or losing the presence of God. Before you do that, Find out truly who Jesus is in your life. Because it's when you look truly into His eyes, and you say, oh my God, the Son of God paid a price for me, for my life to live a holy life, a, a life exemplary of a born-again, Spirit-filled Christian, giving glory to God. When you look into the eyes of Jesus, when you look at the cross of Calvary, when you see the blood that was shed for your life, when you see it was done for you personally, you want to, you feel to, you, you just want to live your best life for Him. 
So I'm calling the church back up to the mountain of the Lord. Who may ascend the hill of the Lord but those with clean hands? Amen. Those with clean hands. Lord, your hands became bloodied so our hands can become clean. Your hands were bloodied on the cross that our hands could be clean so that we may ascend the hill of the Lord. Amen. Is that good news? Is that good news? We hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3tugra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon.